in a Michigan courtroom today. Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of high school shooter Ethan Crumbly, was found guilty of all four counts of involuntary manslaughter. This was the first-of-its-kind trial that served as a test to see who is responsible for a school shooting. CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum joins us on the record on WCBS. Thane, always good to talk with you. Were you surprised by this guilty verdict for Jennifer Crumbly? I, I was, Steve, in part because, it, you know, it's almost it's uh, very different from how American system of law works. Unlike in Europe, in the United States, we really only hold people who are the proximate cause of the damage or the or the crime. We don't normally look down the road of uh, the chain of events and hold in the case of kids, the parents responsible criminally. Now, remember, this was a criminal case. If, if this was a civil case for gross negligence and the parents failing to supervise their kid, that wouldn't have surprised me at all. But attaching a criminal penalty to a parent for an action taken by a child or a teenager is something we've never seen before. Right. Jennifer Crumbly certainly didn't pull the trigger, but she is going to get prison time. Right. And and the reason for that is the jury was persuaded. I mean, these are terrible facts, Steve. Uh, she was having an affair with someone uh, and she was paying a lot of attention to that. And she actually wrote a text message to the person with whom she had an affair after this happened and said, uh, this could have been prevented and the school sh- and I, I should have picked him up at school. So the jury heard that evidence that she knew that this was foreseeable, that her son had mental problems, that the gun was not properly locked up or secure. She, however, blamed her husband. Remember, he's going to have his own trial next month. They separated the trial. So she said, look, I'm not the gun person in the house. He's the gun person. Uh, I'm the mom. Uh, the jury didn't seem to care. The jury was much more persuaded by the fact that she didn't seem to be an attentive mother. She was carrying out an affair and she was tended to her horses. That actually became a big issue that she spent more time with her horses than with her son. I want to ask you about legal precedent because so much in uh, the legal world is based on precedent. What does this mean for future school shootings? And, you know, if, if the offender is a young person for their parents, does this open the door for the parent of every young school shooter to be held accountable? Scott. Steve, I'm sorry, Steve, forget school shootings, Steve, Uh, baseball bats, right? What's possible now? You know, it opens the door of parental responsibility for any action that is criminal, violent, that the child undertakes and that that the parents had sufficient notice of and failed to warn or take the proper steps to supervise. So, yes, with respect to uh, school shootings, this now opens a door that did not exist during Columbine, right? We've seen school shootings, but we've ne- we've never seen this. So yes, it opens the door. But I think that there are law professors and lawyers and judges that are wondering, well, how much further would it go? Right? Any household product that a son uses to poison someone, right? Uh, would the parents have always been responsible to for, to take a duty of care? Remember, this is involuntary manslaughter, Steve. So that means that this is not intentional. It's not deliberate. It's called a reckless, accidental, negligent killing. And that's exactly what the jury saw here, that the mother was negligent. And we'll see next month if they'll find that the father is negligent. Now, just a couple of minutes left. I want to shift gears. A federal appeals court today ruled that Donald Trump does not have immunity and he can face trial on charges he plotted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. The U.S. Supreme Court had earlier kind of punted on this, saying for now we're going to stay out of it. Are they going to end up getting this case? 
Well, you know, it's always Supreme Court prefers usually not to take cases. People forget 98 percent of all cases never get heard by the Supreme Court. They say, forget it. We're not hearing it. This I don't see how they can avoid. Right. Because it raises an interesting constitutional question that, that only can they resolve, which means the president is saying what I did on those days to find out whether there was fraud in the election is exactly what the president should do to make sure that there's in, in, uh, integrity to the election system. And that's what that's what Trump's argument is. I was acting within the scope of my duties. And if you don't immunize me, every single president who leaves office, he would say George W. Bush could be held criminally responsible for actions taken in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, after he leaves office, that you have to provide immunity for the president. <clears throat> the prosecution's case was, this has nothing to do with the duties of a president. You were trying to remain in office and you wanted to defraud the public into thinking that you had been cheated. This is not a presidential duty. This is you just trying to stay in the White House. And so I do think the Supreme Court will choose to hear this now that they heard that all they said before is it's premature. Let the appellate court make its decision first and then we'll take it if, if we'll take it. And I think they will. Just a few seconds left. But if they are going to take it, they better do it in a hurry. Right. I mean, they need to expedite this. Yeah. But, you know, nothing stops them from slowing down. Right. Like, as you know, Donald Trump, you know, he's wanting to stall and put this on ice. Most most all Supreme Court cases, the big ones don't get decided until the end of June. As you know, Steve, is what you just said. Stays, June is way too late. The Democrat, the Republican nominating con- uh, convention will probably be in July or June. So you're right. They will. They probably have to agree to hear it on an expedited basis. But don't forget, they're hearing a case on Friday or Thursday of this week. I think it's Thursday this week on an expedited basis re- re- uh, related to the Colorado battle uh, ballot uh, uh, disqualification. The Supreme Court's going to hear that case. On an expedite. Remember, this all just happened in the last month where Colorado and, and, and Maine made the decision to disqualify Donald Trump from being on the uh, primary ballots because he engaged uh, in an insurrection uh, under uh, the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court has decided to hear that case on an expedited basis. And I guess if they hear this case on immunity, they will do so as well. All right, Thane, thank you. CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaugh. 